Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. We're back on the set of the award-winning series Flash at the kind invitation of uh, J.P. Finn, the producer of that series, as well as Arrow, as well as the classic X-Files. I'm responsible for making uh, the creative vision come true for a price that the studio Warners is willing to pay for. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? You know, I just want to tell uh, your listeners if they are young people starting out in the business or wanting to start out in the business, it's all possible. If I could make it, you guys can make it. If it's something you really want to do, you just go do it. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. All right, welcome back everybody for another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Again, with me is my good friend and co-host Fred Keating. Fred, uh, where are we today? Marvin, we're back. We're back and better than ever. By that I mean uh, we're back on the set of the award-winning series Flash at the kind invitation of uh, J.P. Finn, the producer of that series, as well as Arrow, as well as the classic X-Files from 20 years ago. JP runs this particular unit called The Flash. JP, tell us, what, what set are we on right now? Well, we're in the infirmary in the Star Lab set, and we're looking at a big X-ray machine right here. Yeah, we X-rayed your ego, Fred, a, a moment ago, didn't we? But his heart is huge. His heart is huge, that is true. JP, uh, to recap for those who might not have uh, been with us on our first tour of the studio, we're at the Vancouver Film Studios, uh, a huge acreage that has some 12 sound stages, of which you and, and series associated with you occupy six of the 12. That's right. Some of the other illustrious shows that have been here recently, uh, I believe Star Trek was here all summer, and uh, there have been a lot of major movies made here. They have other uh, features that come in from time to time. It's a great lot. I worked in Building F with uh, Tim Burton on Big Eyes. Oh yes, they were ago. here. And uh, the facility itself provides a tremendous amount of support for its tenants like Flash, yes? Oh, very much so. There's probably three or four major studios of this kind in Vancouver. Vancouver is a hotbed of production at the moment. In fact, gentlemen, do you, do you want to uh, take a walk around and look at some of the rest of the facility while we talk about what we want to talk today? Sure. Okay, and Fred, uh, what did you want to get into in, in today's episode? For those who didn't uh, hear the first time we had uh, a walk around with JP, and he told us about how he got started in the industry, uh, worked through a variety of, of levels of responsibility up to and including this, this current uh, very successful and award-winning series. Our listeners are made up of many individuals either entry-level or mid-career level who want to go to the next step. We also have younger listeners, perhaps a high school age, early to late university years, who are desperately trying to find a way of getting into this business, JP, and looking for an answer to a parent who says to them, look, I, I, I know you play the piano and I appreciate the, the guitar and all, but son, how are you going to make a living music? What, and your sister, how is she going to earn a living with a theater degree? I mean, what are the odds of success in, in as narrow a field as that? But it's not that narrow a field, is it? 
No, it isn't. It's a, first of all, it's a huge uh, industry. I would say that um, a lot of the industry is expanding and growing so that I think there's more opportunity now than certainly when I started and and I would say that it's it's a it's a great industry to be going into because of its growth. And a lot of states, in fact, in the regions, uh, I'm thinking of Louisiana, New Mexico, outside of, of uh, Los Angeles and New York, there are big studio complexes in Florida, in North Carolina, uh, Dallas, the Chicago area, all have work opportunities for someone who is incredibly skilled, but also one has to bring attention to oneself as a potential contributor. When you were a production assistant, for example, doing a job well, whatever skill you were asked to be good at, you were or you wouldn't have gotten the job to begin with, what strategies or, or advice would you give to a young person about demonstrating, not in an outlandish, unless that works, kind of uh, annoying way, but how can a young person use the opportunity of a lower level position to get a higher level position or one closer to what their real passion is? Well, I think a lot of the uh, young people need to have a passion to begin with. If you have a passion to do whatever you want to do, you will find a way. But you mostly have to get your foot in the door. And that can be at any different level and in any different way. So it's like get your foot in the door any way you can? That's right. Meet some people. Prove to people that you're a good worker, that you're intelligent, that you're, you have creative ideas. And from there you will expand and meet other people of the same like. You will probably meet a lot of other young people of your same age, your same interests. And from there you will expand and grow together. You may go off and make your own little film with using cell phones, who knows? And from that way, you can expand and get to the level that you want to be. You might be a carpenter or a painter during the day. You might be uh, on the weekends making some short drama with your friends who also work in the industry. And that's networking and it's, it's uh, learning with each other and being a team and getting the support of more senior people that can offer you advice along the way. You have to declare yourself. You have to declare yourself as a filmmaker. So even if you are selling shoes in order to have enough money to buy the cell phone to make that film or that story that you've created, you have to envision yourself in the position that you want to achieve and work towards that goal. But I guess at the same time, don't be saying, well, that's the only thing that I'm going to be willing to do. You should still be looking for an opportunity to get your foot in the door any way you can, right? No experience is, is wasted in terms of the creative arts. But I must tell you, some of the longest contracts I've had came out of, and the longest relationships I had came out of volunteering. Yes. And I can remember my father saying, if you're stuck at some big reception, you don't know anybody, be the bartender. Everybody comes to the bar for a drink. Let's talk about that. Sure. But, but first of all, JP, where are we now? Uh, we're in Cisco's workshop at Star Labs now. It's where Cisco and Dr. Wells makes a lot of interesting tools and props that help them uh, catch the metahumans and propel the story ahead every week. Fantastic. Great. So now, we did want to talk about uh, volunteering. What, did, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's a great idea. That's what I was alluding to, is that you may have a job uh, in, a, in a department that you took 
that job to get some experience, simple uh, example, but you might be uh, in the paint department or the construction department or the set dressing and you're moving furniture during the day, but volunteering with your friends to make that unpaid film on the weekend is how it all begins. And then you will get a credit as perhaps you were the production designer or the costume designer for that friend's small film. And that's how you network, and that's how you get experience in doing the next step, but you also are expanding and creating that atmosphere. You're getting your drive to go to another level. So if that friend takes a successful step forward because of the small project that, that you worked on, uh, he or she may well remember the work that you did, the length of the hours, the, the amount of drive and dedication, and bring you along as he or she achieves certain levels exactly. of success. Exactly, and um, we are a large and inclusive community, so people will notice whatever you're doing, whether it be volunteering or, or just uh, working every day, people will notice. Do you do the hiring for the series, uh, whether it's cast or crew members? Do you? I do do the hiring of the local crew. I'm involved slightly with the casting, but again, mostly that is uh, the executive producers who are making those decisions along with the studio, who's putting up the money and the network. And the, casting, and the casting director. Oh yes, there's yeah. a lot of people involved. Joe, do you have a gang? I mean, of, of folks who on your way up that you call on because you can rely on them by virtue of working with them over the, the, uh, the years and so you know what you're gonna get? Uh, I have worked with a, an awful lot of talented people. So I, in, in this marketplace, at least, I'm pretty familiar with the people that are good and um, so I, I've had a chance to work with them before, and if they're available, I always go back to them. That's what I was going to ask. If the network hires you, do they also hire you because of your collection, the, the skills of others that you may bring into the picture? Well, partly, I would think, but also they're hiring me because it would be experience in knowing who is available and who is good, but it's also uh, in having the experience and, and success of creating other shows. So I have a bit of a track record and through circumstance or otherwise, those really experienced people may not be available. So I also have to judge the next level of people coming up and whether they have the talent to make that next step. That's also been exciting to give people opportunities to see how they do and how their talent rises to the top and that's very exciting as well because you know we're not hatched we have to learn as we go and right but there's that old saw about being promoted above your skill level where you either blossom or perhaps burn out oh well that happens too but uh, for the most part i've always been happily surprised am i hearing you say there is a certain amount of of churn in terms of perhaps attrition at the top or the busiest people being busy all the time so that in fact there's an opportunity uh, for those on their way up. I think right now as we stand here today that the, the business, business in uh, Vancouver is booming and there's a lot of opportunity for young people to go to the unions and say I want to get into the union, the technicians union, the camera local. If you want to be an actor you can pursue acting. How does an actor become an actor? Well you have to, you have to act. You know you have to learn your trade and that's the same with any particular skill that you're 
for instance, the carpenters behind us right now, who are with, with their buzz saws. You know, that, <laughs> that particular saw cut was a very fine saw cut. I, was, very good. It, Done by I, I could best. hear the tone of that saw cut was <laughs> exceptional. Now, Joe, you mentioned track record. So, you know, people are judging your track record as a producer in terms of giving, giving you your next gig. You're judging other people's track records, the people who are reporting to you. So, I guess one needs to spend effort in making other people understand that you have the right characteristics, you're reliable, all these other things. Oh yeah, I mean it's all part of uh, doing a good job. I mean that's your record. You know, I, I've worked on shows that we, we did a great job but the show for some reason didn't resonate with the audience so uh, unfortunately it was cancelled. You have to keep going and so uh, you know with uh, every success there's probably three or four failures. So you also have to have a will to go beyond failing. And you have to not chalk that failure up to being the end, but rather just another step. I think that's a good way to put it. You can view temporary setbacks either as a temporary setback or the end, but that's your decision, not the world's. That's right. The world's waiting for you to get back up, dust yourself off, and go back at it. That's right. When you think back on your career, is there, is there a do-over that you would want? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I'm at a point in my career where probably it's coming to the end of the career. Uh, I've enjoyed every bit of it. It's a wonderfully intense, camaraderie experience. It is a team sport, as you said, Fred, and the best part of it all is, is when you do reach success with a particular project like The Flash or Arrow or The X-Files or other shows. It's a really rewarding experience when you are successful together as a group. Is there a pivotal event where you said to yourself or thought to yourself, I'm living my dream. This is what I hauled all those heavy lights for. This is why, where I swept up after everybody else had left at night and, and here I am. Is, is there a, would you just sit in a chair at some point and think, wow. I, I can tell you one experience. I think what you've just described is a little too serious, but I remember once when I was an assistant director on a little Canadian show called Danger Bay. And I was the first assistant director, and I, this particular episode involved a chimpanzee. So I had to go over and pick up the chimp and his trainer, and then drive them to the location, which was the Vancouver Aquarium. So I, I remember driving with the chimp and his trainer in the back seat, and I thought, I've made it. I'm in show business. I'm a chauffeur for chimpanzee. <laughs> So uh, you really can't get too serious about that. You work hard, and if it turns out, great. But the work is mostly the reward, really. Let me ask you the flip side of that. Have there been times when the volatility of the uh, business itself, up and down on, on things outside of one's control, like the global economy or the exchange rate or uh, one's own domestic or personal life when you thought, I'm not sure I can do this. I, th this is perhaps the single worst day of my life because of the choice I made to get into this particular crazy business. 
Uh, yeah, there have been times when uh, it's been uh, not the rosiest. There have been times when uh, either a show was cancelled uh, that you really love working on or thereafter there didn't seem to be many prospects on the horizon. That's, and early on in, in my career, you know, the, the, the job uh, ratio of working days compared to off days was heavy in the wrong direction. But I've had the good fortune of whenever I was in that situation and whenever I thought, well, I probably better go get a real job, something's come up. The phone is rung. I made a call to somebody and they said, well, I don't have anything, but you know what? I know somebody that needs somebody right away. So you can't give up. You have to find your own way. You have to promote yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You have to make other people believe in you. And what I'm hearing you say is you got to get into the game. And once you're in the game, you got to stay in the game. Even if you're pulled to the sidelines for a little while, staying in the game is half the battle. Well, uh, obviously, if, if you want to be successful, you have to play the game. But it's, not, it's, a, it's more than a game. It's, it's a career. And like any career, I mean, the old days of having uh, working with one company for 30 years, getting a gold watch, those days are long gone in any industry, not just the entertainment industry. I mean, that's norm for the entertainment industry. So I think it comes back to the individual. You have to believe in yourself. You have to find a way to promote yourself and you have to find new skill levels. If you find yourself at a red light, then go find some new skill level that might advance you. I think these are excellent points. I mean, just to be clear to our listeners, this in particular is an industry where you don't necessarily have a full-time job year after year. You're moving from project to project and you're actually contracted to that project, correct? Yeah. People get to know you. The way you find your next project is not through advertisements that are posted online or in newspapers or that sort of thing. It's because of people in your network who will vouch for you or let you know of the next opportunity. That's right. Also, some people like myself have agents and their job is to also look for you. But they can't get the work for you. They no. can line up the opportunity, but you have to make it happen. Well, that's true. I mean, all, you, all they can do is get you an interview, maybe, or maybe not. But certainly, uh, you have to keep your ear to the ground, and that's part of networking. It's, it's essential for not only development, but it's also essential for survival and advancement. And as such, people have to know you. They have to trust you. That's right. One quick note here that, that uh, just sprang to mind because of Joe's uh, reference there, and that is that actors, for example, rarely understand that other categories also have to audition and interview, whether they're casting directors or makeup leads or wardrobe people or set designers or directors or producers, I'm hearing now from JP, also have that same go in the door, hope they know of you and what you've done before, but if not, you've got your two to 10 minutes to let them know that you're the right guy for the job. It's, uh, it's not just an actor's challenge, it's part of staying in the game. That's true, but we don't, want ex we don't expect actors to worry about ourselves either though. They should have to worry about themselves only because they have the hardest job of all. They do, I really admire them in that they, I think actors are, the toughest and the most creative of all of us. They are the ones that present the story. We can 
make a beautiful set and we can find a great location and we can be very clever at how we financed it all and but the actor has to go out there and connect with the audience and the audience says oh that was great I'm feeling like we should give Fred a hug now. Should we? <laughs> I can tell you this. I, I know I, was, I had fallen into the right swimming pool on the day I decided that I would rather be a moderately successful actor and try and earn a living doing what I love than an unhappy lawyer making millions of dollars each year but hating every minute of it. And I've met a couple of them. Fred, any final thoughts? Just gratitude for JP again making himself available, giving us uh, another tour of this magnificent facility and all the different rooms where the magic happens. We are on the set of The Flash, for goodness sakes. We are. There's the, the, I, I don't see him here immediately. For all I know, he's doing laps around he's doing us. Laps. But JP sure. Finn, producer of uh, The Flash, thank you again for uh, bringing us into your house and uh, allowing us to look around and uh, share some information uh, from a guy who's been around the block a few times with some of our listeners about staying in the game. Well, I appreciate you guys coming and talking to me. I just want to tell uh, your listeners if they are young people starting out in the business or wanting to start out in the business, it's all possible. If I could make it, you guys can make it. If it's something you really want to do, you just go do it. Well said. Thanks for having us here. Our pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.